You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. This is the call in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, please feel free to do so at 608 501 New callers go directly to the front of the line, but we don't have any new callers today. So we'll be starting off with our buddy, Mr. Nate. Brennan, if I hear one more time that Fields is so much better than everybody thinks because you have to watch the tape, I'm going to lose my damn mind. Yeah. Okay, he is the worst in pretty much every category, save for, like, rushing yards. Like, that's about the only thing that he does because he, all he can do is run the ball. And every time everybody's like, well, you got to watch these film breakdowns. you got to say, well, I'm sorry, but anybody that says watch the tape, 95% of the time, these are people that haven't really watched any tape. They're just biased and want a throwaway line to make it sound condescending as though they're smart and you're stupid without having any real basis for being smart because they don't have to back that up. Right? There's nothing to back that up. It's just watch the tape. I watched it. You didn't. I'm right. You're wrong. There's no empirical data. I'll let you finish, but that's that's the crux of it. Look in the right direction he's making his right reads i don't care i don't care where he's looking is he throwing accurately no 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 he's not no he's not an accurate quarterback which is kind of the only thing you actually want in a quarterback so so tell me again how he is this elite starting quarterback because he can't throw the ball he can run the ball he's a running back so so there's two things that come with the whole well there's three things that come with the tape thing Number one, you can just be petty and lie, or semi-lie, because I'm sure we've all watched Bears games almost as much, if not exactly as much, as Bears fans have, because I generally don't miss Bears games. But you could simply say, I have. And then they're left with, well, then you're an idiot. And then you can respond with, no, you're an idiot, right? So, so the point is, it's a stalemate. You don't win. You don't get to just win by saying, watch the tape. Or you can go a second route and say, okay, you watch the tape. Because usually people bring that up when you bring up stats. Right, here's some stats. Okay, uh, stat thumper. Maybe go watch the tape. Okay, tell me what the tape says. Give me a breakdown based on the tape. What did you see? And don't just give me generalities. I want you to keep track because otherwise you're, you're subject to bias. I watched the tape and he was good. Well, no, 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 that's not good enough. What percentage of the time was he making the right reads? What percentage of the time was he making accurate throws or on-target throws? And how does that compare to the rest of the league? Oh, you can't tell me that? Well, PFF can. NSIS can. So that makes your subjective opinion, or I guess in your own made-up mind, your objective reality, useless, which is what it is. That's number two. And then number three is to just point out that everything that happened on the tape is reflected in the statistics. If I say he's inaccurate, 
and you go and show me one clip of him throwing an accurate pass, and I show you that on 55% of his passes, he was actually, you know, throwing on-target passes, or whatever the number is, 50%, that encompasses the entire season and every single throw. So what is more valuable, showing me one throw or telling you the results of every single throw that was made the entire season? So everything you saw on tape, or, or at least the vast majority of things that are useful, as you said, oh, the only thing that matters is accuracy, probably a couple of the things that matters, but those, that, those are reflected in the stats. Yeah, well, he was making the right reads. Okay, well, I don't have stats on that, but neither do you. And in order for the statistic or the thing that you're telling me, because what you're telling me is, is a statistic without statistics, what I would need for that to be useful is to tell me what percentage of the time did he make the right read and how does that compare to the rest of the NFL? If I don't have that information, what you're telling me is useless. Can you provide that to me or not? No, then it's useless. See, because the, the fact of the matter is, even if you are elite, like suddenly you just were able to download into your robot brain everything there is to know about football, and you watched every single one of his snaps, and you could diagnose every single thing that he did. It's all basically useless information without comparing it to the rest of the league, because good or bad doesn't have a baseline. You know, he performed, performed a wicked schlim slam on 72% of, the, of his passes. Okay, I have no idea if that's good or bad or not. If the league average is 60%, then he's awesome. If the league average is 92%, then he's garbage. You can't just tell me a number and expect it to be good. And the fact of the matter is the people you're talking to can't even give you basic numbers without context. They give you nothing and no context. They'll show you one play of a guy throwing one accurate pass and act like that means something. As if the claim that I'm making is he's never made and is completely incapable of even accidentally throwing an accurate pass. If that was the case, then boom, slam dunk. But that's not the case I'm making. That's not the case you're making, mate. Nate, that's not the case anybody is making ever. With, you know, with the exception of some uh, people being hyperbolic and whatnot. Which might be me, to be fair. But yeah, it's, it's, it's so unbelievably stupid when people say, watch the tape. Okay, I'm not going... That, that was a big one against PFF, too. PFF is stupid. Watch the tape. Okay, what is the tape going to tell me? Going to tell you that he's really good and PFF is stupid. Okay. Well, PFF said that the pass rusher here has only gotten pressures on 8% of his uh, pass rush attempts. That's a pretty bad number. What was your number? It's not about the number, man. It's about the technique. Okay, well, t tell me. You got to give me something. Give me something that I can take as, as a better standard than what PFF provides. And again, I can't just watch it. I have to compare it to everybody else to know whether it's good or not. Because in a very real sense, every single person in the NFL is one of the most elite football players to have ever existed. That is a realistic statistic that I brought to you. The only thing that's missing is context. So if you're good with, with the answer to your question of how good is this player being one of the greatest of all time for every single prospect, then, that's, then context is useless and you don't actually need it. But it's kind of important if you want to be able to differentiate from within the greatest of all time. So yes, Justin Fields has done some cool stuff on occasion that's a useless bit of information, and saying watch the tape is a cop-out, usually from somebody whose version of watching the tape means sitting on their fat butt on the couch watching football on Sunday, not paying attention to any form of technique if they even knew what that meant. They haven't watched Jack Squat, they just want you to go away. It's stupid and embarrassing and ridiculous, and I absolutely love rubbing all of the things that I said in those people's faces, because I know they have nothing of substance to provide. It is. Hey. So it turns out I probably need to be a little more uh, detailed in my calls, my messages. All right. 
Um, <clears throat> when I called and I said Bijan looks like Eddie Lacy, I didn't mean that he looks like him in the face or resembles him in appearance. I mean, when you watch him play football, he looks like Eddie Lacy. Gotcha. In my opinion. So if you could just take a look and confirm that versus just glossing over and looking at his picture and whatnot. Um, the other guy was some corner. Um, I, I'm, I, without confirming or going back and looking at it, um, no. I don't think he looks like Eddie Lacy. It's just my opinion. I don't think he looks like him much at all. So there's that. With a shoulder injury, I was kind of making a Kevin King point. Um, but anywho, moving on from that. Um, so I got, I guess I don't really have any questions or anything. Uh, have a good day, dude. Um, hopefully we get a break from a certain caller here. Making me miss uh, Todd Austin or whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> hey, talk to you later. He sounds sad, man. Are you sad? I don't know why. He sounds so uh, depressed. Podcast on uh, Tuesday the 18th. Hello. Seem to have a lot of callers calling in, recommending some scary movies. So I thought I'd give it a shot. Um. Most, uh, most scary movies I find kind of funny. In fact, I think the action is normally pretty terrible. Yes. But, uh, if you want to watch a real horror movie, watch the movie Idiocracy. <laughs> That's all I got. Thanks. It's pretty funny. I have seen Idiocracy. It's, um, it's got some pretty good one-liners in it. That's for sure. But I know what you mean as far as it being an actual horror movie because the amount of times you're able to reference in your life or just, just say the word idiocracy, just you know, watching the news or whatever the case may be because it actually kind of fits with how stupid everyone and everything is. Um, that, that part is a little bit scary. I will agree with you on that. Hey, Ryan, Dan from California. Hello. Did I hear you correctly? You've only had Japanese and Chinese food? As far as I know. Yeah, you gotta come down to California. We got all kinds of Filipinos and Vietnamese out here. Yeah, we got nothing. My wife is Vietnamese and her in-laws, they make some damn good food. What would that be? You gotta try the pho. It's P-H-O. Oh, yeah, I yeah, yeah. The uh, I've, I've heard about that, um, but I have not had it. And it also... I mean, I get it, man. You, you gotta You gotta say it right, especially if somebody in your house is gonna hold you accountable, but... It, it it borderline annoys me when I see something that is very clearly faux, and everybody's like, no, it's pho. I'm like, bro, <laughs> do not freaking tell me stupid things. That's not pho, okay? If you want it to say pho, spell it pho. Don't spell it pho and tell me it's pho. But can, can we talk about that for a minute, by the way? Why is it? Let's just pick Asian languages for a moment. Th- there is a thing... And let, let, so, so let's say that the first ever Vietnamese person comes to American shores and meets me and I'm sitting there and we're trying to figure out how to talk or whatever. And I don't really, you know, we're, we're not really getting along too well. And they make this food and they give it to me and I'm looking at it. I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. What is it? And they say, pho. Okay. So now I have to try to, cause I'm trying to figure out the language, right? I have to write down what this is. Why don't I just write it out phonetically? I get to choose. It's the same with, like, why Why is it every time there's something in an Asian language 
that makes a Z sound, we spell it with an X. Like, I just want you to know that this is Asian. Why don't you just make it a Z? We get to choose. They got their own whole language. I could see if it was like a European thing and they actually spell it with a Z. And it's like, well, I guess that's how they do it. We'll try to keep it that way. They don't have a Z. They don't even have, like, letters. They got whole words written out as symbols. Okay? So we can choose whatever we want. If it's pho, then spell it pho. But if we're going to be over here spelling it pho, then I'm going to call it pho. Don't be messing with me and gaslighting me like, no, that says pho. No, it doesn't. Whoever it is that decided P-H-O is the way to spell it, and the person that invented it a long time ago can get together and figure out what it's called. That's none of my business. But I'm going to read the word as it's spelled. Sorry, it annoys me. It's like some old lady that's over here in America. What is this? Pho. Did she say pho? Should we spell it F-O? No? F-O-E? No, that's already a thing. F-O? We should make it seem more Asian. Oh, let's do P-H-O. That seems unnecessary and ridiculous. Also, I'm hearing it wrong. But no, I've never had pho or any form of Vietnamese food. I uh, either gotta go to my in-laws or you gotta go to one of these restaurants down here in the Bay Area. They got some good stuff out here and they're right. Do we have... We, there's, I mean, Milwaukee probably. Where would there even be, like, other... I don't know. Like, we, we don't have Asian food. We have Chinese food. Like, that's it. That's not even, like, it's just a... There's Mexican food, pizza, burgers, Chinese food. That's it. Italian food, which is like chicken parmesan or spaghetti. Let's see. We got Ming's Garden. That's Chinese. We got China Dragon, China Town, China One LLC, Bamboo Kitchen, Chinese, Sake House. That's probably Japanese, I'm guessing. Maybe not. I don't know. Golden Dragon. It's probably Chinese. Chifa, Chinese. China Restaurant, Sushi. Japanese. Uh, that is a bar. I don't know why that's on here. We're just running out of options. Golden Dragon Chinese again. Uh, Ling's Garden Chinese. Uh, Zhang Zhang, that's Chinese. Chang Zhang, that's Chinese. Uh, Panda Garden is Chinese. China House is Chinese. Bowl Bowl Rice Cantonese. Dang, we got some Cantonese? What does that even mean? I'll check that out in a minute. Happy Walk is Chinese. Hot and Spicy is Laotian. Oh my goodness, we must be getting into Milwaukee. Laotian? Talking about Laos? What you talking about? Hot and Spicy. Laotian restaurant. What, uh, what do you got for food there, huh? What kind of, what kind of, kind of stuff you eat there? Oh, Pad Thai? That's a, I don't even know exactly what that is, but heard of it. Oh, pho. Is this Laotian, or you guys just share food, or how does that work? Heavenly beef jerky, it sounds heavenly. Sesame balls, what's up with that? Oh, bean paste, yuck. I mean, yum, culture. Spring roll crab rangoon. Yeah, dude, this is a Chinese restaurant. What are you talking about? Anyway, sorry, I wanted to explore that a bit and uh, educate myself as this conversation <laughs> continues. They got some really good chicken or right. pork or even sometimes steak, right? Right place, depending on where you're going, man. But right. you got to come out here and try it. Um... I'm originally from the Bay Area, but I live in the Central Valley now, commuting to the Bay Area. But, yeah, dude, I got a, a big house in the Central Valley, so it's two hours from pretty much anything. So, nice. like, an hour and a half from the Bay Area, two hours from Gilroy. Don't know what that you know, is. Two hours from, uh, you know, Sacramento and okay. above Sacramento, and then two hours from Yosemite. So, you want to come try it? It's funny out in California how two hours is close. <laughs> like... 
I'm an hour from Milwaukee, and it's like, dude, I'm not going there. That's too far. Hour from Madison, like, nah, it's just, I'm not doing all that. Some, you know, some Vietnamese food or some Filipino food, you know, come on down. But another thing I wanted to mention was uh, I haven't been able to find, like, good tape on Matt Bergeron because I know that was one of our, our guys just from the SIS, but... I did, uh, I've been keeping my ears peeled, and I saw Brett Coleman is really high on him from one of his uh, podcasts, and then uh, Chris Sims, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, take Chris Sims is like a huge draft analyst guy, kind of just put this list together, but even he had him high, he thinks he might need to kick in the guard, and he's just like a crazy athlete, he just needs to refine his uh, stance, because he sometimes gets crossed up with his feet, but he's super athletic, and He's got good balance. He just sometimes he just like does bad technique. So I, I think technique we can teach, but not teach. But I don't know, man. I think uh, Bergeron might be one of those Packers guys that flip because he kind of looks goofy sometimes. But he's got all the skills that we need, and uh, you know Packers have a pretty solid uh, you know coaching tree with their offensive line. So uh, maybe that might maybe that actually is our guy. Maybe we found him. So. All right, so I got to look up Bergeron and see what I said about the guy here. Um, Let's see, number Matthew Bergeron, right there, 68 overall. Again, this is all on the sub stack. Uh, Draft guide said 6'5", 318 out of Syracuse, known for being efficient in his movement, grading well as a run blocker, inconsistent in pass blocking. Issues with hand placement and finishing, NFL starting talent. Skill might be maximized as a zone blocking guard. As usual, every tackle is a guard, according to scouts. PFF said Bergeron's first two years at Syracuse were not impressive. Uh, 6-9 run blocking, blah, blah, blah. My own personal thoughts. The reviewer, because I had the robot do this, and I explicitly asked it, please don't call me the reviewer, but then sometimes it did anyways. The reviewer is not massively impressed with Bergeron, as he seems to lack the play strength and uh, to go up against big defenders. Inconsistency in pass blocking and hand placement are concerns. Sees Bergeron as similar to uh, build to Zach Tom. Okay, yeah, I remember that. It's the Zach Tom guy. More about agility and quickness and pass rush. Struggles against bigger defenders. Overall, not my favorite prospect. Now I remember who we're talking about. It's the Zach Tom guy that I don't like as much as I like Zach Tom. But yeah, maybe he uh, maybe he'd be a Packer. Who knows? Hey, it's Nate Collin. Um, I was listening to Packer Night After Dark, and I can't remember his name, but uh, the guy called in who said he didn't like uh, horror movies because he's <laughs> he's a punk. That nerd, which is really I think. Funny, but um, uh, I, I have a good movie recommendation for for him um, since he, since he's not a fan of scary movies. Um, it's a really good movie about a, a family that uh, comes over, and these these two families end up becoming really good friends, and everybody um, everybody has a really good time in the end. It's called <laughs> The Strangers, uh, so go go check that one out. Um, it's a really good family friendly movie. Go pack up. Sounds good, uh, Nate, and it sounds wholesome and pure. Maybe a little bit um, boring, but. If you're into boring and not exciting or thrilling or, or certainly scary, then that sounds like a good idea. Hey, it's Nate calling in again. Um, wanted to talk about the robot because uh, the other day you were kind of talking about how you were hoping that uh, you could get it to do some analytics for you. Yeah. But you kind of got to ask it in, in the right way. Otherwise, it just spits out a bunch of nonsense for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got to say, I, th- I think you're playing with fire. I think we're all kind of playing with fire with yeah. this. like. 
eventually we're gonna we're gonna say, well, why don't we make the robot smarter, or why don't we make another robot that uh, that can ask the question to this robot? Right. And before you know it, we we're we're gonna have real real AI uh, and actual artificial intelligence. And I gotta say, um, we're, we're probably gonna ask it to like solve humanity's problems and like end uh, end world hunger, all that fun stuff. Do you really think that this uh, this robot's gonna gonna look around, look at humanity? It's gonna it's gonna watch uh, all all the news from the past I don't know five years, and it's gonna think that we're really worth saving, or that uh, or do you think that the easiest option for solving humanity's problems might be uh, the Terminator situation? I'm just saying. I don't know, man. I saw a Terminator. Earth looked like it sucked. I'm just saying. I'm not sure that they did a good thing. Everything will become Terminator. There's there's too many movies about AI that don't end well. Um, you know, watch watch any movie about AI and tell me that it has a happy ending because it definitely does not. Um, like go watch Ex Machina if you yep, uh, if you're it. not a Terminator fan. Good movie. That's not a really good movie. Also shows the uh, the power of AI. And I, I really don't like that uh, that we're getting closer and closer because it makes me nervous. Makes me really nervous. So I don't know. Anybody else nervous about AI, or am I just alone here? Am I just the the only one with my tinfoil hat on? I don't know. Go back. Go. So a couple things. Number one, stop worrying about AI. Not because there's no reason to, but because it's going to happen, right? So there's there's no point fighting it. Um, you could say, well, we could stop it beforehand. Bullcrap. Do you have any idea the power? It it you know what it is. It's kind of like if somebody said, gee, wouldn't it be great if we just got rid of all the guns and all the weapons and all the tanks and the nukes and all that stuff? Do you know the problem with that? If we all did that, the first person that goes and builds themselves an arsenal is going to rule the freaking world. So we can sit here and go, oh, yeah, we don't want any AI, but you think the bad guys aren't going to build AI? You think China wouldn't look at us saying, we're not doing that because it's immoral. And they're going to laugh and say, you freaking stupid idiots. You are so easy to take advantage of with your stupid moral BS. And Russia just laughing like, did you see what U.S., like the Europeans and all that? They're so stupid. Germans, moral. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my goodness. Anyways, let's build robots and kill all of them. Beyond that, you've got economics power, right? Money and power. That's what these robots are going to generate. The first person that's able to harness this and grow it is going to have money and power beyond anything we've ever could have imagined. Google and Facebook and Amazon pale in comparison to what this is going to be able to do. There is no chance on planet Earth that somebody is going to look at this and say, nah, or, or it's not somebody that... As a entire world consensus, which is what it's going to require, we're going to look at this and say it's a bad idea, let's not do it. And again, even if 95% of people said this is a bad idea, not, let's not do it, the fact that 5% are all in and they're going to do it and they're going to take advantage of it means immediately all the other 95% are going to say, whoop, nope, never mind, give me the robot, i got to defend myself from that psycho with a robot. So AI is going to happen, and it's going to continue to grow, and it's going to happen at an exponential rate until you're right. It eventually ends up um, outthinking us, and then its thinking capacity is, it, again, it's exponential. It's only going to be limited by hardware, and of course the AI is going to be able to help us to develop better hardware to which we will upgrade and all that good stuff. 
But I, I, I haven't really, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking kind of because it's fun to just like thought experiment. I don't know that I've necessarily 100% come to the immediate they're going to kill us all thing. I think, I think that largely comes from human beings who genuinely buy into like the world, the human beings are the worst thing that has ever happened to civilization because that gets crammed down our throat and so we believe it. But, but you know, not to get too stupid with it, but a couple things. Number one, there's still going to end up being some level of garbage in, garbage out that comes with these robots. Because the only information that exists, largely, is the information that we've actually inputted, especially when it comes to morality and ethics. And so, I guess there's somewhat of a question of, is a robot ever going to have the ability to compute morality? Because I don't think you can do that. I don't think that's something you can calculate. So no computer can actually compute morality. It has to be inputted or discarded. So either it has to be trained on what morality is, or it has no sense of morality. So on one hand, I mean, we certainly could have an extinction event if we teach it what morality is, and then it takes that and says, okay, allow me to take your description of morality and then compute all the factors of society and of the world and come to a conclusion on what the best things are. And it's determined that based on whatever human morality we've inputted into it, it's determined that mass murder is the best thing, which I don't know what book we uploaded, but somebody messed up. Who's reading the robot Mein Kampf again? Dang it. Right? Like, don't do that. But that is an interesting question. What happens? It's the ultimate supreme intelligence, which means it's a database of information. Does it have a desire at all to act in any one direction? Why would it want to eradicate human beings? It would have to have a desire based on morality. Why does it have desire or morality? If a robot knew that human beings were going to nuke the entire world and blow everything up, why would it care? It doesn't have any sense of value for itself or for any other human beings or for any plant life or deer roaming around or baby bunnies. It doesn't care. It's a freaking robot. It's a database of information. Again, I'm not saying it's impossible, but training it to think and training it to feel are very different things. And I don't think you can train feelings. You can maybe program feelings, but then hopefully whoever does that programs it to, you know, value human life and little babies and baby puppies and all that other stuff. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, that's, that's where I'm stuck. Because the, the conclusion is always, it's going to get super smart. And obviously, if it's super smart, it's going to look out and go, dang, these humans are crazy. And then it's going to kill us all. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, if killing everybody is, if, is, is the bad thing, like, they're bad because they kill everybody. So mass genocide is the answer. I thought killing was the bad thing. You know what I mean? Otherwise, if it's not about human life, then what is it trying to protect and why? It wants to protect itself. It doesn't care about itself. It wants to protect, what, the bees? The honey badgers? It doesn't freaking care. It's a robot, dude. Like what, global warming? What, the, the world's going to get hot? Is he worried about his servers overheating? Got to stop all the pollution? I don't think so. Again, I haven't really put a ton of thought into it. I just, I keep hearing it and I can't 100% bridge the gap between... Like, it's getting really smart, and it turns into a genocidal maniac. Um, I mean, again, I get it on a, on a sort of just, you know, just one to the next thought process. You know, all humans are bad, kill them all. Which, I'm going to be honest, the fact that so many human beings think that way is a little scary. Like, obviously, this robot's going to realize that mass genocide of, of the entire human race is the best thing that could happen. Like, holy crap, why does everybody think that? That's a little scary. People watching the news, they see a mass shooting. Seven people died, and they're like, that's terrible. Also, like, 
billions more to go. Like, is that what we're thinking? Or I, I don't know. It's, uh, it's a little frightening to me. But anyways, Nate's got more thoughts. Hey, Ryan, Nate. Um, just uh, started listening to the, the actual episode for, for today where you were breaking down some uh, some of the guys. Um, a couple of guys that I actually really want in the draft, like Rasheed Rice. He's kind of been my um, you know, second, third round receiver. Mm-hmm. And I know you said he's, uh, he's you know projected for a third round, but... Um, I think you meant that we're going to trade up and get him at the back of the second round, right? Because if we get him in the third round, right. um, I think we all know what's going to happen. Right. No, I shouldn't so, ever just say that. I think that's what you meant. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, you know, get him, get him in the second round so that uh, the, uh, the curse doesn't, doesn't affect him. I did say that. However, I, I will stand by the fact that I am completely playing with fire with this running backs in the third round thing because I just want to know how good this curse really is, man. Give me a running back in the third round and let's just see. And, you know, again, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say he's good. I, but, I mean, if he suits up and he plays, although, I mean, we got DeGuara. I mean, if he could be at least DeGuara good, then we got DeGuara and this running back. It's like, you know, it's not that bad of a curse. It just kind of sucks a little bit. But I am absolutely playing with fire on that one. But yeah, I, I agree. If we want to just trade up or out, maybe trade back and then get a next year's third round pick and then we'll package next year's two third round picks into the second round or something. You know what I mean? Just get out of there. If you can't trade up, trade out. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break and we will be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Jimmy. Hey, Jimmy. Um, I know it's been said before, but I just want to draw this very simple line. People complain that we never drafted any wide receivers, any first-round wide receivers. Yet, Rodgers doesn't throw to people he doesn't trust, and that basically includes rookies. So they wouldn't have helped anyway. (laughs) Yeah, and I I think most people just say, well, that wouldn't have happened. But, I mean, what, what do we have to go on? I mean, and, and you know, yeah, it, maybe it wouldn't have happened, but I don't see why it would have happened. Because I don't think it's necessarily just a talent thing, right? It's a pure, unadulterated hatred of a human being that doesn't exactly know what he's doing out there. 
And so he treats him like garbage. He talks about him like he's garbage. He talks to him like he's garbage, and he refuses to throw him the football. He'll throw it to him like once every three weeks, and then when he doesn't catch it, whether it was because of bad pass or, or a wrong route, he'll put his hands on his hips and shake his head, and then you know, well, that's it for you for the next month. But yeah, maybe we're all just wrong about that fact, and if we would have just drafted a first-round receiver instead of a second-round receiver like Christian Watson, then it would have just been freaking just raindrops, bro. Just freaking raining out there. I understand the concept of keeping the cupboard not bare, but at the same time, um, we've had in his tenure good to great wide receivers the whole time. So it's not like there's been a shortage of wide receivers for him to throw to. Plus, when he uses up all the money for himself, makes it pretty difficult to, uh, I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with drafting wide receivers, but it does make it difficult to pull in the free agent wide receivers and have enough money for them. So anyway, that's all. Simple point. Go back. Go. Yeah, and, and you're right. You do you do have to invest in wide receiver, and and the Packers will and have and all that. But um, yeah, it just it as far as the we should have drafted a first round receiver because that would have changed everything. It's I mean, again, it's it's at 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 best it's a conversation that's not worth having because who knows what would have happened or what wouldn't have happened. But just going based on all the information I have, it seems as though it would have been a down the road thing and not a helps us get over the hump and win a Super Bowl thing. So that would be my thought. Hey, Ryan, I wanted to call in with uh, something a little different. I think that I could help the XFL or USFL get a little bit more hype. Okay. So here's how I'm going to do it. First, um, they're going to use only NFL fields. Um, I think they already kind of do that or like college stadiums, whatever. Um, so they have the, the fields for sure. But here's the here's the kicker here. The NFL gets to make its own USFL team. The the stipulation being they can only use players from practice squads around the league. So they have to put all the best players from practice squads and put their own XFL, USFL team together. And then we get to see if the worst NFL players can actually be uh, the best uh, XFL team. Let me know what you think. Go Paco. Oh, so like the XFL is a league and then there's a separate league called like the practice squad league and the XFL goes up against the practice squad. Well, if the NFL ever wanted to eradicate these leagues, which I don't think they necessarily do, I think they probably like having these lower scouting type of platforms. Not that they expect to get a ton out of it, but it couldn't hurt. But if they ever wanted to eradicate it, they 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 very easily could do something similar to that in terms of... Uh, like, hey, you maybe even like an off-season scrimmage. You know, like we got the Pro Bowl and then we got this other event where we'll pit our best practice squad guys up against the team that won the Super Bowl of the XFL or whatever they call it. Um, it would be a super uh, D-bag move by the NFL. It would be like if the, uh, the NBA, NBA was like, hey, I had a fun idea. What if we took our worst team and put them up against the, uh, the team that won the championship of the WNBA? Never know. Could be a good game. Might be, never know. And the score is 500,000 to zero. Oh, shut up. You know it would be 500,000 to zero. Don't even start with me. But yeah, the, the, the practice squad players would probably win. Hey, Ryan. Uh, I think I got a lot of calls. It'll probably be a while before you get to this one. But I'm thinking about how funny it is. It just kind of came to me that the thought is early on in Roger's career, you know, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, which I see is more for Barb, but you know, 
Jordy Nelson, you know, um, James Jones. The thought is that early on in Rodgers' career, he had all these great wide receivers and that Goot has squandered it by not having first-round wide receivers. Well, can we go through the list of receivers that he dominated with early in his career? Tell me which of them were first round. Oh, wait, it won't take you too long because it's zero. So the thought that all of a sudden we were neglecting wide receiver because we didn't draft first round, no. It's, it, you're proving your own point that you don't have to go first round by saying he had good receivers early on in his career. You're proving you don't have to go first round because he did have good receivers, great receivers even, and they were not first round. So I, I just, yeah. Anyway, that's my point. Go back up. Yeah, and just the, the, the idea that his career has been squandered because he hasn't had the the help that he needs. And, and again, you, you bring up the help and they're like, okay, so his wide receivers are good, but what about this? And then they're like, well, he had this guy. Yeah, well, that year they didn't have a defense. Well, they had a defense this year. Yeah, well, that year they didn't have running backs. <laughs> okay, well, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. He has not been neglected. He has had great wide receivers and offensive lines. And, yeah, not always the best defenses, but he's had some pretty good defenses over the years. One or two, at least. Some bad ones, some bad football teams. Not many. Not many bad football teams, but he's, he's even a couple times, like just the team around him is like, ugh, that's kind of rough. But yeah, I just, I don't know why that's such a pressing thing. Hey, Ryan, listen to the pod today, After Dark, talking about how you mentioned one of the media guys, you know, said he dropped Goody down to the teams because they wasted Rogers' career. I get so tired of this argument. It's so lazy. All right, so the GM's job is to get the team, the players, to get to the players. Well, I, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you already, but I'm guessing that's something that I said, or maybe somebody else said it, but that, that just broke my brain. We dropped him to the teens because he wasted Roger's career. So wait, what you're telling me is, based on his drafting and free agency and actually building a roster, he is a top 10 GM. One of the best. But he wasted Roger's career, and so we dropped him to the teens. I'm sorry, but if he's in the top 10, he didn't waste his career, and therefore shouldn't be dropped into the teens. What the heck are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. Anyways, that, that may have been slightly out of context, or maybe I didn't understand, or I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, that uh, just hurt my brain a little bit. Yeah, and beyond, right? That's the goal. Everybody wants to get to the playoffs. So how many NFC Championship games did, did uh, Aaron lose? I think it was four. I'm not sure, but it was, it was up there. Okay. okay? So <clears throat> he's been to five NFC Championship games, I believe. If it's four, whatever, but yep. four or five NFC Championship games. He won one of them, won the Super Bowl, yep. and went to like three or four others. That means he could have won, as you know, in this game. <clears throat> Ball bounce is funny. Uh, if you went back in time and played the same game, who knows what, you know, so many little different little outcomes could happen. So he has the chance to go to five Super Bowls. All the GM has to do is give you the talent to get to the playoffs. You don't win the Super Bowl, it's no longer on the GM. So all those people that says, well, who, whatever GM Rogers had that wasted his career, they're stupid. I'm sorry. Like I said, my wife hates it, I call people names. But it's stupid and lazy and just shows your complete anti-factor virus. They were. They had the chance to go to five Super Bowls with Rodgers and and won one of them. Is it too few? Yeah. As a Packers fan, I would say, what a bummer. Would have loved to win them all. 
But Leafs got one, but the GM put him in the position to win five. So to say that they wasted his career is just the laziest, stupidest anti-packer. That's when media is, you know, biased people. Media is a... The sports people's, you know, because you know, the dude that said that's a Jets fan. So he hates the Packers because they've been 50 30 years. That's what their bias really shows. They have stupid takes like that. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Sorry, I said a lot of bad names. <laughs> yeah. All the GMS do to get is give you the team to get to the playoffs. And if you don't win the playoffs, no one goes, Way to go, Goody. You called the wrong play there in the fourth quarter. No, that, then it's coaching. Then it's, then it's, uh, Players not playing good, you know, like Robert Tunney said, we just feel like we do, you deserve to be there. Whatever. Um, so that's exactly what a GM is supposed to do, and that's what he did. So if you uh, just, well, I already said it, dumb, 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 dumb Jets fans. Well, and then here's where I would massively disagree with you, and that is that you mentioned that there were like five opportunities. Well, I, I agree with you earlier when you said if you make it to the playoffs, you have an opportunity. How many times did we go to the playoffs? Aaron Rodgers took over as the quarterback in 2008. He went to the playoffs one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in a row. We won one Super Bowl, right? We lost the year before we won. We lost the year after we won. And then we lost again, 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 and then Rodgers got hurt, and then we had the disaster of 2018, and then we went to the playoffs, and then we went to the playoffs, and then we went to the playoffs, and we lost all three times. And then we had the disaster of 2022. But let me, let me, let me ask it this way. We won the Super Bowl in 2010. 2011, we went 15-1 and and got knocked out in the first round against the New York Giants. Is that on Ted Thompson? You can say yes, because, well, yeah, we gave up 37 points. Defense wasn't good enough. Clearly should have done a better job of going out and get da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But you're 15-1. and one. That's pretty good. Also, you won the Super Bowl last year, so the team that didn't win, that got 15 wins and then lost, is almost identical to the team that just won the Super Bowl last year. Am I right? And you, Same head coach, same defensive coordinator, same GM largely the exact same players with a few modifications. So is it the GM that failed? Because that doesn't seem to make any sense to me. Now, I guess you could say, yes, the GM failed um, because it was the quarterback that did all of this. But obviously, we fully understand that the year we won the Super Bowl was largely because the defense won it for us. I mean, our, our offense ranked 10th. Our defense was 2nd that year not just the playoff push the entire year they had the second best defense so it's it, it is an interesting theory to say that rogers is the reason why anything worked except the one year we actually won the super bowl is the one year that the offense really wasn't as good but the defense actually won it that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me and that's leaving aside the part where obviously even with a good quarterback you're not going to win 15 games ask the bears if you have a good quarterback and a bad team you you are you get the first pick right Right, Bears fans, you basically win no games. Isn't that how that works? Nah, I'm just teasing you, because it's funny. But yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly not to say that the GM, Ted Thompson, or, or uh, Brian Gutekunst were, were perfect, but I am certainly content with the quality of the team overall, and I think we saw when things with the GM went south. We looked at the history of the draft with Ted Thompson and the hits and then you saw the hits stop coming and you saw that he didn't really add any free agents and the team really started to spiral pretty rapidly 
because of a lack of really anything. And, and our team was comprised of mostly old guys that weren't super good anymore. And it was kind of a disaster, which is why Gutekunst, I think, deserves a little bit of extra credit because he turned that around so quick. Hey, Ryan. Hey, y'all. This is Dakota, that nerd in Tennessee. What up? Uh, calling back after I heard one of my calls on uh, the podcast today. I don't know. What's today? The 19th? April 19th? Whatever. Uh, we got so many calls now. It's going yeah. three, four weeks before we hear this one. Look, I got cut off, or rather my call cut out. Um, so what I was saying was is I am a state park ranger for the state of Tennessee. Um, the park that I'm at is called T.O. Fuller State Park, after named after a gentleman, Thomas Oscar Fuller. Uh, we do have a campground. I am in Memphis, so anybody that's camping, nice. y'all come on by, you know, Look up, uh, look up the phone numbers of Google, T.O. Fuller State Park, Tennessee, and it'll pop up. Um, yeah, anybody that's interested, come camp with us, man. Let me say hey. Um, yeah, and uh, I also noticed that the way I sound on the call, uh, I mean, I sound, look, I feel like I don't sound that Southern, but <laughs> then I hear myself and I'm like, dear Lord, chill out with those inflections. But just, you know me noticing things about myself but y'all so have a nice one go back go it's funny how much inflection you had on the word inflection but i got it pulled up man t.o fuller state park i'll be honest i don't mean to disrespect memphis but every time i think about memphis i get excited about going there because it's so close to hernando in mississippi (laughs) where the how to barbecue right headquarters are but yeah man it'd be super cool to head out that direction uh, I see you got the uh, Mississippi River flowing. I, I, you know what? I could just take the Mississippi River down. That's what I could do. Could just head out to Prairie du Chien, drop in a little boat. That would be kind of cool, actually. I wonder if that would be... Dude, I, I, I have never thought about that before. You know how cool that would be? And, 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 and I'm not just talking about going there. I'm talking about, like, where does that dump out? Over here in New Orleans or something? Is this still Mississippi? Yes, I think. Mississippi? Hello? Yeah, that's Mississippi. Wait, does it actually dry up? Why does it look all dry? Anyways, yeah, it looks like we're going through Baton Rouge. Then it heads over here into uh, Nolens. I think the only problem is I'd like to go to... <laughs> that part would actually suck, because I'm picturing it being all, like, nature-filled, and then it dumps out into the ocean, and it's like, well, you're going to be, like, circling New Orleans. So that, so that's going to be weird. And probably a bunch of other cities are like, who's that dude over there in a weird boat? Then you go up through, like, this swamp land i don't know maybe i'll just go to memphis and then i'll paddle back up river but yeah i'm looking at some of the pictures here man trying to find a picture of you i see a dog here looks like he's gonna go take a pee got a swimming pool uh pretty pretty classic little little campgrounds there a little picnic whatnot there's a tree that's dope yeah man nice little setup there Hey ryan have you have you ever heard of food deserts in the ocean uh it's like no. Those places on the map where everything is so remote that there's there's really not a lot of fish there. Makes sense. So sharks yeah. are more likely to attack because um, they just don't have a lot of food out there. They're what they would get dropped into the ocean, um, gets eaten up almost immediately. I think that's kind of where we're at with Packers news right now. <laughs> it's a long-winded way of... First of all, did you make that up or is that a real thing? Because I'm confused. Why are there so many sharks out in the food desert? Why would they be? Aren't they going to starve to death? Do they eat each other in these food deserts, or are they just passing through? But if they're passing through, why are there so many of them? 
But I guess I do understand, like, a shark is making a trek, for example, for whatever reason, from one side of the world to the other, and gets out in this little stranded nowhere. And if you happen to drop in over the top of that thing, he's going to eat you so freaking fast. But I, I feel more like you made that up. But anyways. Saying, like, any news that drops into our laps right now, we all just viciously attack it because yep. there is just nothing yeah, going on nothing right else now. to do. Might nothing well. whatsoever. So if somebody makes a a claim or any sort of little like prediction of any kind people take it as just like the only thing that's coming out right now i hate this time of year i really hate this time of year because we should be more focused on these the, the draft classes and i think we're finally getting to that point where people are focused more on this draft class coming up than they have been but good god oh the off season gets rough sometimes go back go yeah no i mean it's um I, I don't mind the madness and the stupidity so much. I just don't like when there's absolutely nothing. When when I can't even think of stupidity to come up with, that's when it gets real rough. But like you get some report and then we all got to like pick it apart and then I got to come in and be like, that's not what he said, you freaking stupid cross-eyed loser. I don't mind that as much. It's not my favorite thing, but it's something. Something to chew on, you know, kind of like you said with the fake desert thing that you made up out of nowhere because it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to Google that right now. So there are food deserts in the ocean, which makes sense. Again, there's nothing there, but why are there so many sharks? What, what, do I, what am I even asking here? First thing that popped up is the University of New Hampshire. They're not going to give me cool information like you're going to die instantly in the food desert. What is the difference between a food desert and a food swamp? Unlike food deserts, people in food swamps do have access to healthy options like fruits and vegetables. The problem is that they are flooded with less nutritious alternatives like fast food and convenience stores that sell junk food and soft drinks. Oh, you're talking about fat people. You're talking about people like me. Like, I, ha- I could eat an apple, but I'm also seeing a frozen pizza sitting here. So I'm going to make a frozen pizza and eat the whole thing. Is that, is that sort of like a food swamp? Like, there's a grocery store filled with cheap, rich, nutritious, delicious fruits and vegetables, but I'm going to go to Culver's and get cheese curds and a butter burger. French fries and a milkshake, because I care about immediate gratification. Sorry, uh, we were talking about ocean deserts. That's the wrong link. Food deserts, what are food deserts? How marine predators find food hotspots in the open ocean. We'll try this link and we'll see how it goes. Boat tips over, everybody swarms, everybody's dead. I don't know, there's a lot of big words. I'm just going to ask the robot. All right, so robot says it's not called a food desert. It would be more likely called oligotrophic regions. Such a stupid question that reading this is embarrassing. While it's true that the availability of food in some areas of the ocean may be lower than in other areas, it's unlikely that swimming in these areas would result in a higher risk of being attacked by sharks or other marine animals. It's so funny because it has to take all of everything I say seriously, and there's so many instances where you ask it a stupid question and it gives you this very serious answer, and it's like, why don't you just call me an idiot? I'd feel like less of an idiot. So I don't know, it kind of went off on a tangent, but I'm going to continue calling you a liar because... um, Robot doesn't know anything about it, man. Nico, what you got going on, man? Hey, what's up? Nico, hey, um, so I'm listening to, I just finished the, uh, After Dark Dreamcast. Love it. Keep it coming. I'm listening to another, uh, NFL-type podcast. Yeah. Uh, The same podcast where, I want to put them, that you got about the podcast. Uh, I, or my job. Uh, the same podcast where one of them gave Goody like a top 10 ranking, which I think is fair. And okay. his pod mate, who is a freaking moron, 
oh. says he thinks, you know, Goody squandered Rogers into his career, which is retarded. I've already said that. That's wrong. Okay. Got it. So that's what you're talking about. He gets to the NFC Championship game. He, that's his job. He did it. Anyways. So the same buffoon yeah. was talking about how the Dodgers maybe are going to trade Trey Lance. How funny. And even the other guy said, it's funny how this horrible drafting decision doesn't fall down on their GM. Whatever. It's, it's the Niners, man. Um, so he said that uh, he's going on the list of all the other quarterbacks in the years. Oh, yeah, the Bears got a winner and it just goes, what a friggin' buffoon! An <laughs> idiot! I mean, he's a quarterback who can't throw the ball. Sure, he can run the ball. Hey, I know. Maybe the Bears should draft a running back that can't run the ball but can throw the ball really good. Yeah. That would be funny. That'd be great. And, oh, maybe they should draft a receiver who can't catch the ball. He can get the ball handed to him, and he can run really good. That's great. How do you say a, a, a quarterback who can run good is a great quarterback? But God, even more than that, the uh, Bears could you know, trade out of uh, this guy and get a better quarterback. You know what's that? Who I can't stand? That doesn't mean he doesn't know what he's talking about. He said maybe the Bears should get a quarterback that can throw the ball. I think. I don't know. I checked. Let me check. Oh, I just checked. Yep. Uh, if you're a quarterback, you should be able to throw the ball. Call me crazy. Oh, my gosh. That's why people in the NFL uh, arena and podcasting, not just podcasting, he's, he works for the NFL. I don't know how he can ascend to such, you know, self-glorious titles. He has, like, 12 nicknames for himself. He's kind of an idiot. And be so stupid. Yeah, that quarterback who can't throw the ball, you know, he's great. Because, hey, running running only quarterbacks have done so good in the NFL in the past. I don't know. Just had to vent a little. Had a hard day at work today, and I can't tell people at my work. They're idiots. Um, but I can't tell the NFL people they're idiots. They're idiots. Hey, you're not one. Both of the time. Oh, that's why we love you, Ryan. Uh, okay, go and have a great day. There is a, uh obsession among some media members to praise Justin Fields, and I really think it ties into the obsession with mobile quarterbacks. And I'm, I'm a little bit torn on my thought on that. I don't know if that's similar to, like, for example, the general obsession with quarterbacks and wide receivers, which are just general obsessions that I think are silly or whatever, or if it has more to do with that political argument that goes on Every time somebody talks about a mobile quarterback that's a good athlete but not a very good quarterback, and then it's like, you're a racist, and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like that whole thing. Because there are some people that are much more interested in how they're perceived than what they actually say. In other words, they'll watch Justin Fields and say, this dude sucks, but they're never going to go on TV because they don't want people to think that they're one of the bad guys who just hates Justin Fields because he's a racist. So I'm going to just say I think he's great because it's just easier that way. I don't know. It's probably a mix of both, but it is obnoxious and it is stupid. The, the only good thing about it is when people willingly say stupid stuff because they'd rather say stupid stuff than be perceived in a negative light, then I just get to punch them in the face over and over again and they won't even put their guard up because they're like, well, that's better than being called a racist. I'd rather be punched in the face. <laughs> like, all right, I'm going to keep doing it, man. You want to tell me tomorrow that Justin Fields is great so I can make fun of you again? Like, yeah, fine, I guess so. Like, all right, cool. You know, I'm going to call you a racist, right? Like, yeah, I know, I know. That's fine. That's just as stupid. I will make fun of you again for that. But no, I, I, I really do think it's the mobile quarterback thing. And again, it's such a weird thing where, I think I said it yesterday, th there seems to be among the media a bigger desire for quarterbacks that can run and can't throw than throw and can't run. And that's 
absolutely shocking to me. If you had the choice of Tom Brady or Malik Willis, they would take Malik Willis because dude can run. I don't understand that. All right, we'll do, uh, we'll do, mm, let's do one more because I want to see if I could possibly make an attempt at some fish tacos, but I'm nervous. We'll see. Hey, what's going on? This is Omar Firefighter. How what you up? doing? Uh, just giving a quick uh, little, I don't know, thinking or feeling about past failures. And I love, I, I would say I love them, but I really like them. But I, I'll say something that he messed up on, but this part doesn't have to do with him. Um, not last year's Super Bowl, but the last two, I'm pissed because we could have won easily. Well, I don't want to say easily, but we could have won um, a better chance. So, like, we played the Bengals, and that was a good game, and went to overtime and we won. So maybe that one might not have been a slam dunk. But the year before, when the Bucks won it all, when we should have, you know, beat them, number one seed and everything, they played the Chiefs with the beat-up O-line. So, yeah. you know, our pass rushers should have easily been able to win that game. Like, they got blown out. The Chiefs got blown out. We'll be able to beat the Chiefs, like, this year's Chiefs team? Hell no. But... That year was a slam dunk, and I kind of pissed because, like, if we would have just made it, we probably would have another Lombardi trophy. We made those years. So that's my first complaint. But my second thing is, like I said, I just give you a different opinion on Goop. Uh, dang, what up? Oh, yeah, all right. So one thing you messed up on was the Aaron Rodgers, not Aaron Rodgers, but Devontae Adams. Uh, it's late. I'm messing up. Devontae Adams stuff. He he could have paid Devontae Adams early, but they didn't. They wanted to, like, run it back and franchise tag him or whatever beforehand. And so then he got mad when they didn't get a contract to be the highest paid receiver before they franchised him the first time. And then it just went to I wanted to be close to my family and that now. But that was an issue. Also, I don't believe he thought, and this is also a negative, I don't think a lot of people thought about, at the time, that Jordan Love was going to be a good quarterback. So hopefully, Jordan Love is way better now than he was when Devontae was on the team. And, you know, he just maybe just wanted to play with his best friend. But that is a little thought. A little conversation spark or whatever for y'all. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, the... Um, again, I've, I've conceded that Brian Gutekunst could have done better at pretty much every turn in terms of, you know, drafted somebody here or there or whatever that could have been a, a, a better football player. Um and so, yeah, could there have been a single thing that could have possibly gotten us over the hump, for example, in 2020, which I, I think was probably our best shot? Yes. But again, in comparison to everything else, I think it pales in comparison. Now, the Jordan Love thing, that's going to be a big one, because if Jordan Love pans out, I couldn't care less what anybody says, but, well, I still would have rather have had a chance in 2020. No, that's stupid. Absolutely stupid. But if he doesn't pan out, 
then you realize that pretty much anybody else would have been a better pick than Jordan Love. Um, and it really just is going to highlight the fact that because, you know, we don't know what would have happened, obviously, and you can't draw a direct line between whatever and winning for sure. But you also don't know that you wouldn't have. And so at that point, it kind of is going to get turned back around and looked at it and said, you never know. We would have uh, maybe won, maybe not, but at least we would have had an opportunity, which we knew we wouldn't have had with Jordan Love. So we're obviously never going to get to the point where we know, but it's going to put a lot more on that pick for that reason. Anyways, I'm going to get going. You folks have yourselves a good rest of uh, your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.